Blog Talk Radio. Cynthia, and here at Mama's Pearls, we like to say that we take the most beautiful pieces of life and string string them together. If this is your first time joining us on Mama's Pearls, welcome. Very happy to to have you here and part of our community. We are basically what I love to do, and why I started Mama's Pearls was when my my grandparents passed away. I had all these emotions going on, and I had very young children at the time. They're still young. Um, and I really wanted to remember all these memories that were coming flooding up as I was going through my morning process, as well as have a way to capture it and as well as capture the passing time that was happening with my children. You know, everything was going by so, so so fast, and Mama's Pearls actually started as a blog which is at www.mamaspearls.com, and it's M-O-M-M-A-S-P-E-A-R-L-S.com. And I really started doing doing the blog for about nine months before I decided to launch the radio show. What was happen, happening was I, I felt like I had so much to say and so much that was going into the blogs that I didn't have wasn't covering enough. I needed another forum, and also I kind of like to talk. So Ma- the Mama's Pearls radio show was born out of that, and it's become kind of a working journal um, for me to kind of capture the things that I'm exploring as a as a young mother, as well as what my my kids are doing. But but really, more importantly, is a way for me to pass down generational wisdom, wisdom from my grandparents, wisdom from just you know smart people that I like to, like to quote, look up and research and quote in my in the blogs and on the show. And this week I'm I'm really truly honored where this is actually a special airtime for Mama's Pearls and I'm I'm just really, really excited to to be doing a follow up show to last week's. Last week's show was called Mission is Possible. And again, you could start the week by reading by reading the blog on on our Mama's Pearls website, and also just to back up, we usually start all of our weeks with a kind of Facebook chat of sorts, where I throw out different questions about our theme. Then we have the Mama's Pearls blog, then the radio show, which is usually on Wednesdays. And my co-hostess Melissa has been taking a little bit of a break, but she usually does um, M's Gens, which is posted on Fridays. So. Um, so what's kind of very, very cool for me is coming off of last week's show, which is Mission Mission is Possible, and the Pearl of the Week was Grace in Action, where we were talking to three out of five amazing moms who took a trip through the UJA to the Gulf Coast region. They visited um, New Orleans as well as Biloxi, Mississippi, and they just had such an amazing journey. But what was truly amazing about it was that they brought their tween-aged kids along with them. And if we are calling tweens kids because they're not quite kids, they're not quite adults, but 
tween it is. Um, and this week on Mama's Pearls is kind of my tween week because tomorrow, which is the usual time on Mama's Pearls, I'm going to be interviewing a client and friend of mine, Eric De La Barre, who just wrote a book which is recently published through Perseus, um, Perseus Distribution, Saltwater Taffy, which is basically a tween age adventure as well. So I'm actually very, very excited about this week. It's totally fun. And last week I really wanted to have the kids on with the mom, um, but wasn't able to do it last week at night. So I think it actually works out a little bit better because if you go back in the archives, and the archives for any of the Mama's Pearls show can be found at www.blogtalkradio.com slash Pearls because we can kind of compare and contrast. You know, I know in speaking with the moms, because I also wrote an article for the Port Washington Patch about their mission, um, and just hearing how ingrained it is in them to really go out on these charitable missions and to instill this um, this concept and this state of philanthropy within their family. It's such a core family value. And from my drawing from my own family, you know, I was reminded of my of stories about my great grandfather who lived in in Poland pre World War pre World War Two and helped build a synagogue there. And um, you know, and my my grandparents used to tell me how every Friday night he would open up the synagogue basically to anybody in need and serve, you know, full course meals. And he also would walk around with pennies in his pocket to to dole out to children. You know, um, I don't know if I'll ever get to, to that level that my great-grandfather was at in his philanthropy, but the mothers who went on this mission and who who regularly bring their children on charitable, um, charitable mini-missions or... <laughs> I guess every small step in charity is a large step, um, large step of charity. But you know, these children are, are, as I understand, or what they told me, are regularly exposed to, you know, charitable environments and opportunities to go out and serve the community. And what was very cool is that we were talking to the moms on the week of Martin while we were celebrating Martin Luther King, who that was a core value and call to action that he had was to be of service, was that anyone can serve. You didn't have to be, you know, you didn't have to be a college student to serve. Anybody can do it. It's ingrained in all of us to do something simple, something for our fellow man. And, um, and so this string that we're stringing and kind of bringing the children, the tween age, excuse me, the tween age kids on today to hear their their side of the story, their personal experience. I'm, I'm really, I'm really been so excited all week to talk to to talk to these tweens because as parents you want to pass down so much and you want to set up stuff and you feel stuff is so meaningful in what you're doing and you want your kids to really walk that walk with you as far as, you know, getting it and understanding it. And from what the mothers were saying was that they that they saw that their children were connected and that they got it and that they were engaged and that they were truly living it and feeling it. So I'm I'm just so, so interested, curious, intrigued, 
and really honored to be welcoming the, these queens on the show today. So we're going to start to bring them on. I see two in the queue. I only can have um, five callers on here at a time. So if we only get, in my, I have, um, this is kind of the tech side of Mama's Pearls, which if you start listening to the show, you'll realize like I'm no techie. So I always, you know, it's always an interesting process. I can solve like any contracts, you know, kind of do anything conceptualized, but techie, techie worlds, I'm lost. Um, so we're going to start with, I believe, Mara and Talia is on the phone. Uh, hi. Are you guys there with us? Hi. Hi, welcome. Hi. hi. Okay, so Mara was on our call last week along with Stacy and Dina, and who didn't join us last week, um, who also went with the other Dina as well as Julie. So, Mara, I am excited you're here, but I'm way, way, way more excited to talk to your daughter this week. So, um, so Italia, please tell me how old you are. I'm 12. You're 12. Okay. So, how did how did this even come about? You going on this mission? Well, what happened was it was supposed to happen in our temple, but. It didn't end up happening, so Dina found another way in another place, and we just ended up going on it. Okay, okay. So, um, so how much time did you kind of have to prepare, prepare for it? I had about two weeks. <laughs> so not, so not much time at all. Okay. So, what was your reaction when when your mom told you about it? Well, I was actually really excited because it was an interesting thing to go on and just learn about all this stuff and just interact with it. It's amazing. I think it's, I mean, for your mom to come to you with something like this is so, so special and not not a lot of kids have that opportunity. I mean, a lot of people, you know, a lot of kids, they can do something locally. They can go to local um, local soup kitchens and do packing of foods and, you know, different things locally. But to be able to actually go on a trip like this, it's just it's just amazing. I mean, did you, just, did you feel that it was just, you know, a special opportunity for you? Yeah, it was a really fun and really it really helped me like understand more about what who's what was going on there and what is going on there. Okay. Before we dive into that, because that's a key key piece, I want to see which other tween is on the line here. So, um, welcome to Mama's Pearls. Are you on the line? Hi. Okay. So who is this? Yes. Who's this? Um, it's Dina and my daughter Danny. Danny, say hi. Hi. Hi, Danny. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. So how old are you? I'm 12. Okay. So you're both 12. Okay. So Dina and Talia are both 12. Okay. So, so Danny, kind of same questions to you about, um, you know, how did your mom approach you with, with this? Um, well, my sister went on one like two years ago, and um, it was just a great experience for her, and my mom enjoyed going with her, and we got to feel like what the world is like out of New York and it's not not everyone has homes or not everyone's as fortunate as us and it got us to really like um, put ourselves in their shoes and feel how they live. 
So, right. you know, it and was just, like, and, yeah, I mean, it's just amazing. I mean, just a little bit of context. Again, you know, these, the UJN mission was to go to the Gulf Coast region and learn about the, you know, Hurricane Katrina, the destruction, and the aftermath. I mean, a lot of people say, well, that was already 2005. It's 2011 now, you know, but there's still obviously a lot of work to be to be done down there. Were you guys both surprised about that, about just how you know, how much devastation is still left? Yeah, it was actually we arrived there and we saw, like, um, still houses with, like, um, that were, like, ruins and their roofs were all, like, caved in because they had to, like, escape out. And, like, our tour guide was telling us and some of the beaches were ruins. And, you know, it was just, like, there were some terrible neighborhoods where the hurricane hit really bad. Um, And it was just really surprising because it's been a long time, but um, not a lot has cleared up. Right, so so we, so it's slow, <laughs> is what you're saying. The the recovery effort is still slow. It kind of yeah. About 9/11, which happens here in New York, you know that seems, and it was already so long ago. But you know the towers still aren't rebuilt. You know these things take time. What I was so amazed about, you know, with 9/11 and with Hurricane Katrina, is just how fast things can be destroyed. You know, in a blink of an eye, your whole world, your whole house can be just gone. Um, and then it takes such a long time to, to repair it, rebuild. Yes. I mean, did they talk about the the um, the rebuilding process with you and kind of how much time is going to be needed until we can see some some you know, a lot more progress. Yeah, they were um, telling us that it takes a very long time, and um, they're lucky to have people like us come and help them rebuild. We actually had the opportunity to paint and rebuild houses, so that was more of like the um, connecting experience and getting to feel like how long it takes and what process you have to go through to build one house, but the hurricane it knocked down and it destroyed multiple houses, like a gazillion, and um, just one house took so long, so it's a big process. So wait, tell me more about that where you actually got to paint a house. Where was the um, house and what was that like? It was called the St. Bernard's Project, and um, we went with, it wasn't only us on a trip, so it was like the Westchester people also, and... Um, and we were divided into um, groups, and our group was like the Port Washington, and we went to um, a house under construction that was um, like knocked down and destroyed during the hurricane, and it was um, a girl named Molly's house, and her family um, went through some hard times, and her mother and sister died, and it was, she was just put in a very bad situation, and she couldn't wow. afford her house. So we were building it for her and making it easier for her. So, um, did you get to meet her? No, we didn't. But we were painting her walls, and um, they they said they said like in about a month she would be able to like live there. So, yeah. Okay. All right. I see another caller, and I'm going to see if this is one of our other tweens. Hello, and welcome to Mama's Pearls. Hi there, it's Stacy and Adam. Hi. Okay. Hi. Awesome. Hi. Adam, you on? Yep. 
Okay. So, Adam, I want to hear, um, I don't know if you've been listening to the show thus far, but I want to hear a little bit about how your mom, who I know personally as well, how she approached you with going on this mission. Um, well, she just told me, and I was very excited to go, and she took me <laughs> to like, bed. She's coming. Um, yeah. <laughs> And she took us to me to Bed Bath and Beyond, and we pick and we uh, she I got to pick out like what I wanted to send to people from Bath Bed Bath and Beyond to like the, needy. yeah to people that were needy there in Orleans, and I was excited to go and meet people who were affected by the hurricane and by the oil spill. Why why were you so excited, though, about this? Because I know that you and your mom do a lot of other, um, a lot of other charitable projects and work. Like, why why was this so special for you? Um, it was special because I, I, I wanted to see what it was like there, and I wanted to help the, those people living there and with all the destruction there. And it was exciting to go to New Orleans for the first time. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, were you surprised by what you saw? Um, yeah, I was pretty surprised because the media hasn't really been talking about it, but it really is bad. And I especially think the oil spill was bad because, like, right. a bunch of people there, um, like, were fishermen, and now they can't work because all of the fish is contaminated. Right. We talked about that a little bit um, last week with, with your moms about how, you know, the BP oil spill was just adding insult to injury on this on this poor on this poor region and, you know, it's affecting people who are maybe finally, you know, were getting their lives back together and then having to completely stop um stop work. Um you know, did did they basically talk about that as hand in hand with the recovery efforts? Um, yeah. One of the days we went to like a meeting with some people who were affected by the oil spill more more than Hurricane Katrina and they talked to us a lot about their lives, um, like without like their jobs and they don't have like food to feed their children. Wow. And how did that make you feel? I felt like I felt really bad for them, and I felt lucky that I can have food to eat here in New York, and that right. they like lost their jobs. Right, Danny, what was your reaction? Um, I thought that it was really sad, and like we also got to um, meet people who were like in poverty, and when we like gave them their gifts, they were like crying. And it just gave you, like, a really good feeling inside that you were able to make a difference in the world, as little as it can be, it still, like, contributes and could make a big difference. Now, what kind of stuff were you giving them? Um, well, we went to Bed Bath & Beyond, and we picked out, like, pots and, like, knives and, like, cooking stuff and, like, like supplies and stuff, um, towels, dishes, cups, like, all, like, house stuff. And, um... Like, they would get some stuff, like, from other people, but, like, they never got, like, new stuff. So, like, when it was wrapped and, like, they actually had to open it, it, like, felt really good, and they were, like, thanking us, and, like, they were really thankful. It's amazing. I mean, you know, if for Hanukkah, just before you went, if your parents had given you that stuff, 
You know what I mean? Like, what would have your re- reactions been? Yeah, it's like very. If they different. would give you pots and pans and towels. You would have been like, you know, mom, come on, where's my video game? <laughs> you know? Yeah. Right? Like, doesn't that put things like they're like, in need of basic things? We're like privileged, and we get whatever we want. So it's like, it's it's very different, and it makes you realize right. that not everyone has what you have, and you're grateful. You know, one of the things that um, we talked a little bit last week and that I always just remembered from my dad about him teaching me about material items and, you know, just stuff, like all the stuff that we have. And he would, like if I broke something and I would be really upset about it and he would just look at me and he'd be like, Cynthia, it's just stuff. Stuff can be replaced. But you see that you know, with go, having to even go to Bed Bath & Beyond and, you know, and give them basic stuff, it's like when you look at what you really need, you know, do you take a, a different look around what you really need and what you could live without? Yeah, um, I feel like we never really, like, think about it. Um, we're always, like, right. we always say thank, like, say thank you or whatever, but you never actually think of it in a way like other people don't have what you have. So, like, right. it makes you realize that you're, like, really grateful and you're, like, special and other people need basics when you could get a lot more. Right. That's that's the thing that always amazed me and what, what I really took away from last week is just how important the basic necessities are. And, you know, a lot, and these people have been surviving out them for so long already. And it's amazing, to me at least, that they could have made it this far without those basic necessities. You know what I mean? Like, you know, how could they have lived and how did they live? Did they share with you how they living until they got those items from you? Um, yeah, it was, like, really hard. And then, like, not a lot of them have cars. And so they were, like, all, like they were like worried about how they were going to get all this stuff back to, like, where they were staying. Um, there was, like, a driver who took them here. But um, they don't have what we have. So, I don't know. It was just It was very special. But they said that they were living, like, really hard lives, and it would make a difference like, in a big way in their life now that we got them all the stuff that they needed. Right. And where where were they living? Where were they staying? Um, they, didn't, they didn't really tell us, but, um, like, the fa- like, with family members or... Right. Right, so not in their houses. They were either... Well, it wasn't you know, like a house up like me it. and you live in. It's like... They would live with family members or in, like, like something small or they didn't really have, you know, a house. Right. Right. Um, okay. So one of the things also that your parents or your moms were saying last week is that some of the people that you met, it was their first exposure to meeting Jewish kids or meeting people that were Jewish. Um, did you Did you notice that at all? Did people say that to you? Yeah, some, like a couple of them said things. They were like, it's really different because we've never seen like Jewish kids and they didn't really know what we were like. But they just like realized we're like everyone else and we're willing to help them. So I think that also helped, like made them realize that, you know, like we're still like people and like we could still help them. Right. I mean, I remember when I went off to college, and I actually I went to college at the University of Pittsburgh, and while I was in Pittsburgh, I met a few 
um, a few of my fellow classmates who I was also the first Jewish Jewish person that they met. And to me, it was so surprising. I mean, you know, in New York, in New York, it's you know we're a good good segment of the population, but it was very surprising to get that reaction. I mean, how did that how did that make you feel? Because I know I felt a little I felt a little twisted about that. Um, how did that make you guys feel? Um, it was like it was like different because I've never like met someone that. Um, hasn't met, like, a certain, like, religion or, like, a type of person before. So it didn't make me feel, like, uncomfortable. It just made me feel uh, a little strange. But um, Mm -hmm. I think, like, now that – I think that it made a difference in their lives because now they know that we're just like them and they could rely on us or we're willing to help them. Right. Adam, how did that make you feel? Um. I felt like they 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 really now that now they think that like they they na- they now know that we actually are good people like it, maybe they might have heard other things before this but we probably made them feel like we they have people who want to help them out in the world right right you guys definitely represented us well you <laughs> represented the tribe very well i'm very proud of you guys thank you for that um yeah talia how did it, how did that make you feel well i didn't really re- realize that but what really like amazed me is how much they were like like us like they it mm-hmm. it could have if katrina hit new york it, it could have been like us who were getting help from right. them that's that right. really like amazed me Right. That that's the that's the part that always amazes me and you know, and, and it's part from my parents and from my family history and you know, my dad always kind of reinforcing for me like it's just stuff, don't get too attached that it could that it you know, it could. I mean, God forbid it happens here, but it could. And, you know, what's gonna be the most important thing? Like you hear that all the time, people always you know, questions about, you know, something happened in your house, what would be the first thing you would take? What would be the five things that you would take? You know, is there is there anything that you kind of feel an attachment like that that you would have to have? Um, well, not really. Like, everything is replaceable, and because it, 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 it really is just stuff. Adam? Um, I would try to, like, if that happened, I would try to save my family. Because, I mean, you know, it would be more important than any item in your house, like, no matter what it is. Yeah, I agree with Adam. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like everything is replaceable, except, like, your family is not replaceable, and that's the most important thing in my life. So I feel like I would just try to get out with my family. Exactly. It's Talia? Yeah, I I do agree with that. That that is what is most important. Right. And did you see that in the families that you met? Because your moms were saying like they they still looked. I mean, even though they they were living these impo- what would seem to us impossible lives, that they were still happy and really because they had each other. Like, was that the impression that you got from seeing these families? Yeah, they were all just so happy, like be there and be together. And we did we did crafts with the little kids, and they were so they were so just excited to do these like little crafts that 
we could do like every day and we just take it for granted. Right. Right, Adam. Um the the kids there they they really were they really enjoyed the like us playing with them and doing things with them because they don't get those opportunities a lot. But usually right. I I don't know what they do at home, but probably not a lot of exciting things like that we we could do and um it was really fun for them to be with us and bye. You know, I had a question about um the schools. Are they still are are those kids still going to school? Like what's the status of their schools? They go to school except like a lot of their schools are really far away from where they live. Like how um, far? Like twenty minutes far? Or um, it How could far? It could it could be because of Katrina and stuff, but I remember we went and they said that they were like really far, like an hour or whatever. So it takes them an hour to go to go back and forth to school. And you were saying okay. that that many of those families didn't have cars. So how did they even get back to back and forth to school? I think transportation. They have like, they like, have like a. One like van, I think that takes them, like one transportation van, but it's like really slow and hard to get to, and it takes them to the schools, but also the hospitals are like even farther away, and they have to like to get to a hospital like if a uh, emergency happened, they would have to walk maybe fifteen minutes to a van, wait for it to come, and like sit there for an hour stopping at different places because everyone needs to get somewhere. Wow. Well, when when was the last time you guys went to the doctor? Do you remember? Like a couple months ago. Yeah. Is your doctor close by? I mean, how long does it take to to go to the doctor? Maybe like ten or eleven minutes. It's fifteen. <laughs> and how close is school? Too close? No, it's also <laughs> fifteen minutes away. Well, they. I mean, could you imagine? Could you imagine having to spend, you know, two hours a day going to just just getting to school? I think it would be like a really hard life to live, and I give them a lot of credit. Talia, I couldn't imagine that. But also for like the hospitals and stuff, they they had these bands that went around, and they they had like all the doctor stuff in it, and doctors and people who could just be there in an emergency and the car would just drive around but once a week and check up and see if everyone was okay and actually at school we actually raised money for it in like lemonade stands and bake sales and stuff and all that money went to that and it was just amazing to actually see what we raised money for. Right. I think you you cut out for the for a little bit of that. But um oops, am I still on? Can you guys still hear me? Yeah. yeah. Okay, good. All right. So yeah, I'm not the technical I'm not the technical wizard. Um you're gonna get a lot of blips in the road at Mama's Pearls, but that's okay. Um so, you know, did you also they, your moms were saying that you also went to the museum. Tell me a little bit about the museum, and what what's the official name of it? Adam, do you remember? Um, I think it was the Hurricane Katrina Museum. I don't know for sure, 
But um, in the museum, they showed, like, some videos and pictures of, like, what it was like, like, inside of the storm, like, what it was like there. And, like, people would have to stand on their roof, like, to not get, like, floated away. And some people hang on to trees. Oh, yeah. And also, like, some people went into the stadium, because the football stadium, because that was, like, protected. And so many people went into there, like, to get to evacuate, because that, that's where they were going to evacuate, but it ne they never evacuate. And they were stuck in there for, like, six days, and it was, like, total chaos. Yeah, and there was right. no bathroom. I remember right. actually watching that. I remember that watching that on the news. I mean, do you guys? I mean, you guys might have been too young to watch the news back then. But do you remember any of that, like when it was actually happening? Um, I don't remember it, and I don't think a lot of people remembered it, and that's why some people don't like think about this kind of thing. Right. I don't. I don't right. think a lot of people give. Um, Katrina, like, enough credit. Like, I think that it was, like, a really big deal. And, like, we actually got to go and see it in New Orleans ourselves. But when you don't see something, um, well, when you see something, you understand it more, and it makes, like, a bigger difference in your life. So now I know, since I've got back from that trip, that Katrina wasn't just a, any old, like, hurricane. It was, like, a really bad hurricane, and it takes time to, like, repair things. Right. Right. I mean, it's just amazing this this trip and this exposure. Um, but I but I think you're right as far as you know, people kind of either they put it outside of their mind or they don't really understand what the real situation is. You know, unless you're following, you know, Brad Pitt's organization, you make it right. Um, you know, because what we're kind of seeing is the French Quarter. You're kind of seeing the areas that have been rebuilt and, and restored. Um, you don't really see anymore the, you know, how these people are living, the people that you had exposures to, how these how these families are actually living. Um, if there was a, a message that you guys could share with people who are, who are listening about it, you know, what what what's like the core thing for you? Um, can I say something about Katrina? I wanted to say something. Like we went to uh, Mississippi, and when we were on our mm -hmm. tour there, like we would go by a beach, and the tour guide would tell us about how there used to be like restaurants and hotels all over the place, and everyone was walking around there. And when we went, there was there was like no one there. It looked like it was stranded. And there was like oil on on the beach, like up on the beach. Wow, it was horrible. You actually you actually saw the oil. I mean, like they told us about like how they, but they like they said that BP they don't actually clean it up. They just send send the oil to the bottom of the water. Yeah, and they just they like push it around. Yeah, that's not good. That's not good at all. Um, wow, that's intense. Talia, what was what was your what, what's your main main message and takeaway? Just to like value what to ha what you have, because like with them, what he was saying is some of them they had been through like storms. They they thought it was like a nothing storm, like when it rains a lot, and they kind of thought it was a whatever storm, and it it just was taken away when it flood when it was like flooded, and just to, like value what you have, because you don't, you just don't know. <laughs> also, um, 
see. At the museum, there was something that you could see the long-term effects of Katrina, and you just saw the land disappearing. And at one point, at a year and a, like a way ahead, all like the islands and stuff that protected um, all of Louisiana and New Orleans and the United States just disappeared because of all the water and it rising. Yeah, I haven't I haven't heard heard that before. That's um that's you know, this whole you, you kind of go through, all right. So if it's mother nature just doing its thing and you know everything is kind of cyclical and and the earth kind of, you know, always kind of shifts. Um once upon a time our con- our seven continents were all connected and this is kind of natural shift. But, you know, part of the the thing with this and a lot of actually recent disasters, BP included, is that these are are part man-made. That they were talking about how, um, and don't don't quote me 100% on this, but how with all the engineering and the levees, that um, that it just wasn't sufficient. And that's a that's part of you know of man not doing doing its thing, um, and you know up to par. Same with you know. I don't know the the technology at all with as far as mechanics of what happened with the BP oil spill, but these are kind of man-made that could have been somewhat contained or controlled, and wound up being just you know huge, huge errors. Um, whether errors of judgment, whether man-made canals, um, you know, were right. a huge contributor to a lot of the flooding. Right. Um, so, you know, looking looking at where we are now and kind of saying, um, you know, and I hope that you guys and one of the things that I know your your moms were saying last week is is um and we were just kind of talking in general about being future leaders in this world and kind of having these things in in the back of your mind as as you go on and, and live your lives and do what it is you guys are going to, to be doing. But as far as Things that can be avoided. Let's let's put some let's put some attention there. And I want to spend also um, a few minutes, kind of just hearing hearing what it was like for you to kind of come back to New York after after the trip. I mean, it had to be a little bit of a of a culture shock. I know when I go on vacation and, and wherever it is, and I come back, it's always takes me a couple of, couple of days to get get back into the swing and get reoriented to just in, in New York. What was kind of your first first, you know, thoughts and impressions of being home? Um, I thought that it was kind of a different um like scene because when I was in New Orleans I I like when we painted the house, um I was like had paint all over me and people in New Orleans <laughs> would tell me like, Oh, thank you so much for helping us rebuild our city and everything and when I got into New York people would just like stare at me like I'm crazy like why what are you wearing and it was like like you're dirty you're you're dirty go clean up go go take out a a clean pair of pants yeah right right it was unbelievable because like you're not like as appreciative you would like walk through the airport and um they would just random people would like know that you were here and that you made a difference and um, it just felt good, like, um, even though we were covered in paint and uncomfortable, you know, people recognized what we were doing. And I think another, like, major difference from when we got back was I realized that I didn't want to leave and that I wanted to continue to make a difference um, in yeah. New Orleans, and I could t- I wanted to um, stay there and 
do more community service work there. So, I mean, my advice would be, like, to go, go for it and make a difference because it's also fun and you feel really good about helping people after you do it. Wow. Yeah? I I feel like, like, the more you do, the, the more you, like, help you do, the, it's just, like, the more you want to do. Um, so how is it, I mean, I'm assuming that your friends knew that you were going. How is it talking with your friends? Like, did they have a lot of questions? Were they excited for you? Were they curious? You know, what what was that, how's that been going with talking to your friends about it? A lot of them are jealous. Um, <laughs> um, it's a great experience. Right. If you ask anyone, I feel like they would take the – well, not anyone, but um, I feel like a lot of people would take the experience if they had the choice. They would choose to go and make a difference. Right. Do you think that you've inspired some of your friends to go out and encourage their parents to to take them or, you know, or sponsor them to go on some trips or do more charity work? Yeah. Um, I definitely think that that happened because uh, a lot of my friends are just like, oh, next time you do that, um, tell me because I definitely want to go. <laughs> That's amazing. That is amazing. Adam, how has um, it been? How has um, it been for you? Um, I to- I told some of my friends, and my friend thought it was great that like they wanted to experience. They thought they were jealous that I experienced the New Orleans. And then they also, like, heard, I told them all about, like, the hurricane and all that happened there, and they kind of felt bad, and they wanted to, like, they kind of wanted to help out anyway. And um, that's, and, like, they, I think that I changed what they thought about that. Right. Um, have you guys talked about how you can help out with your friends? I mean, from even from just being here in, in New York? Little school project for you. You know what? I'm just jumping in at Stacy because Adam's shy to say it, but I was very impressed with this. His teacher, Mrs. Sook, at Weber Middle School, um, asked for some pictures from the trip for Adam to send them in, and she actually created a PowerPoint and had just just like in the middle interrupted her curriculum, let Adam give a PowerPoint presentation, and then created a community service wall where she's going to allow like for kids going forward that want to give back or were inspired that they could, like, take pictures of what they're doing and that she'll, like, put it up on the wall. And I thought that was, like, such an interesting way that things can have a domino effect. I mean, Adam didn't want to mention it right now, but I just felt it was so important because so interesting what a teacher can do. I mean, when you hear a story like that, be supportive, take time out of the curriculum. Anyway, and Adam's going to fill in now. Hold on, tell them. It's just tell them that one piece. Okay. And it makes people want to do that. Because if they, if she like says that if you um, do like the most charity work, then you get a prize. Wow! So so what's the prize? Bed Bath and Beyond certificate? Uh-huh. <laughs> Kidding. Um, I don't <laughs> what, know exactly. What's the prize? He doesn't know yet. Do you, do you think Do you think it matters if there's a prize or not, or are you just excited to do the work? I think that people who do the work are just doing it to do the work. I don't think that. If people want a prize, I don't think that they're going to do work. 
Right. I mean, I'm all for peer pressuring other other kids and my peers to do good work. You know, to me, it's kind of like getting my kids to eat broccoli, you know, and eat their vegetables. I'm all for peer pressure if it's going to help them eat their vegetables. Same thing. You know, I think I think the more that you that you guys and you know, and thank you so much for just coming on 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 my show um, and and sharing your experience because I'm sure that you're going to inspire so many other parents who listen who want to get their kids involved. You know, one of the things that um, that I hear from all of you was that you were automatically excited to go. There was no, there was no, oh, mom, come on, I don't want to go, but, you know, and, and feeling forced into it by your parents. Um, it sounds like you guys were all very genuinely open and excited to going. So, you know, any parent who's out there who thinks that their child might might be a little apprehensive or you know shy about going you know listen to the listen to these these tweens and really take heart that once they go there's going to be this switch that's going to be ignited in them to want to be of service now do you guys think that you'll you'll continue even on your own um to be of service and to do more work definitely i i would want to i i would definitely try to and try to get into it because it's just such a great experience and like if I have kids I would want to make my, even if they didn't want to I would want to make them do this work just because it was <laughs> so interesting and it was it, it was just like amazing for me to be able to do it it is you've had Cynthia, such Cynthia Dean I just wanted yeah. to say one thing I, I mean I'm so I'm so impressed to hear what Miss Sook did um, because I have to tell you, I think that um, you're not going to find somebody who doesn't want to do it. It's the fact that they don't know they can do it. They don't know that there are opportunities, hands-on opportunities like this for kids and families to work hand-in-hand hand together. I can't tell you how many people prior to us leaving, once they found out about the trip, said, oh, please, can you organize another one? I want to go. Let me know when the no- another one is. I-, I just think a lot of it has to do with, awareness and knowing you can do it and people want to do it it's not pressuring people right. people want right. to do things like this whether it's going to the synagogue and putting baskets together and delivering to the elderly during the holidays it's such a feel-good experience that it's just about presenting the opportunities and giving people the ideas and and they want to go this is we just have to do more of it um, it's so right. that, that's one thing. That's one thing I was really impressed from hearing you talk about last week, which is how it got organized. And I received um, received an email, I think yesterday or the day before, from the UJA, which which Barry Ziegel sent out, who I know is a, a key a key player in getting anything organized um, and actually done. Because it's one thing to just have a wonderful idea and an intention to serve. It's quite another thing, like you say, is to to wrangle the troops together and to make it happen and um and the email that I got was for you know mini the days that are coming up you know in in January that you can do with your children through the, through the UJA which I'm personally excited to do so I'm I'm sure I'll be seeing seeing you guys at at some of these mitzvah days. I think it's just it's just amazing at how how involved you all are. Um, you know the moms on your own and then with your children. Um, it's just it's just truly amazing and truly inspiring um, to hear. And you're creating such a wonderful legacy 
for your children to to carry on. Have you guys even, um, and I'm talking to the kids now again, um, moms, you guys had your turn last week, but kids, have you given any thought about, like, the type of legacies that you want to leave, leave on, upon this world? Danny? Um, I think you have to make that in tween language. <laughs> it, like what, what, what kind of difference? What do you want to teach your children? Um, I want to teach my children how my mom teaches hers. Um, I want them to um, be a part of, like, community service, and I want them to um, know that they're making a difference in the world. And, yeah. Adam? What what kind of things would you want to be passed down and to be known um, for? I would like my children to like be involved with charity work and to understand like what like what like not to just like li- be living in like what like doing whatever they want like to to know how other people are living and to try to help them out. We appreciate Taya. What I would want to pass down to like my children is that they can make changes. Like they can if they if they tried and they really wanted to. If we all work together, we can make a big difference. That's absolutely right. I mean, I love how we're talking about your children and you guys. You know, are just coming up in your bar and bat mitzvahs. It's amazing. But being being um, being a parent, you know, and seeing my children who are who are even you know, my youngest is turning three and my oldest is, is turning five, is seeing seeing them and engaging them. And this is definitely a show that I'm going to keep, make sure I keep in journal um, so they can listen later on um, when they can, can understand what it all means. But to, to kind of sending them on a path um, and following in your footsteps so that they, too, want to be of service. They, too, want to have something that's important to leave, to leave behind, which is to be of, of service to other people. Um, and I just think it's so, so beautiful how you guys express yourself, how articulate you are, and that you really hold this in your heart. Um, you know, it's, I just think it's really, really inspiring for many, many families who are listening. And, um, you know, I'm just, I'm just thrilled. This has been so fun, so fun for me. Um, what, el- what else did you want to, did you want to share about this particular strip or something else that you're going to be, going to be working on? Um, I thought it was very fun to do with my mom. Um, very cool. I thought that it would be like a different experience without my mom because she was there, like explaining like what happened and pointing things out, and you know, working with her. Did that surprise was a lot you? Of fun. Did that surprise you? Um, no. <laughs> um, I. Do you guys I'm do a lot, a lot of like, stuff like together? Yeah, I, I'm a lot like her, and we enjoy doing the same thing. So she like knows what like I like and. You know, I know she wouldn't take me somewhere where I wouldn't have fun or wouldn't feel make me feel good. So I trusted her. Right. Right. Taya? Well, what I thought was really interesting is how it just started out as a little misfit and then it just got bigger and bigger and it turned into this. 
which you could really interact with the people. Like, as we said, we got, we got to, like, paint a house, and we got to help out, like, families who are in need and, and like, their children, and all of that just came from those little mitzvah days. Um, I think that it's great to do charity things with, like, someone in your family because it's great to learn about that person, and it's, like, very fun. Um, it's. I also think that, like, my mom was very helpful to me on the trip. She, like, told me what was going on and everything and, like, gave me her, like, what she's gone through, told me about what happened with her. And I want to do something like that with my dad one time, and I think that would be really fun. Would be awesome. Um, are you? Do, would you guys also want to do it with just your friends? I think that'd be really fun. Yeah, I think that'd <laughs> be like, amazing. I think like, like, like your family who like knows what you're doing. I think that like your friends will like appreciate it, and then like they could also help spread the word that like people actually need your help, and you should really be more aware and. Try to help people. I think that is this definitely. Yeah, go ahead. And I think that, like, if you get a friend or a couple friends to uh, come with you and do these like charity things, then you'd like maybe they would be excited to like tell other friends to do that, and it could be like, and then a bunch of people could end up going like together regularly on like a charity thing. Like, even if it's just, like, feeding the homeless, like, a bunch of people can go together in, like, a van and feed uh, the homeless. Yeah, and I bet one of your moms would actually drive. (laughs) That's for sure. Um, Okay, so, all right. And I actually wanted to share something with you guys also because I remember – um, a big shift that happened for me, I mean, I remember in, um, when I was a teenager, it's kind of the times where, okay, you had your family vacations, and those were amazing, and those were some of my favorite family memories was the time when my family was together. But, you know, during those years, it was it was so much more important to hang out with my friends and to get into that scene and to kind of do that thing. And I remember in college when I came home for my first Thanksgiving, it was my first time home after being away, and I so wanted to just spend time with my parents, and it really switched for me that, that I mean, I love my friends, and I'm so close with a lot of my high school friends, but something switched in me where I realized I enjoyed spending time you know, the time that I had with my family almost more so than with my friends. And um and the and that like that you guys were saying and Adam what you said when when the chips go down and if a catastrophe hits or a tragedy hits, the first person and the first people that I'm gonna turn to in my in my line of defense are my family. You know, that's my main support system in this life. And to be able to embark on a mission like you guys have gone is just, um, you know, you've, you're creating history in the making for your family. You're creating a huge pearl that you can that you can pass on to your children, and they'll pass on to their children. Um, is really being branded. And I just hope, I mean, and it sounds like you do, and I'm sure that your your parents will reinforce it for you. But just just how special that experience alone to 
doing it with your family um, is, you know, is is in the grand scheme of things. And um, and while I was thinking about that and thinking of you guys and coming into the show, I um I came across a quote by Maddie Sipotnik, who um who is a child who was a poet really inspiring, was always in Oprah and had a rare a rare deformity and he actually passed away but left a huge legacy in his wake. And he said, While we are living in the present, we must celebrate life every day, knowing we are becoming history with every work, action and deed. And you guys have definitely left your your mark on history and with this mission and have made no doubt lasting impressions for the families that you've made, that you really reached out and touched somebody else's life and made a difference to them. And um, and that has to just feel amazing and super special and just, you know, yes, if you can peer pressure your kids, if your friends, um, the fact that your teacher stepped in to also help make, um, to help bring your knowledge and really field research. You guys were total explorers this week and brought that back to your friends. I mean, it's just so, so beautiful. And I'm really just so happy that that you guys um, shared this hour with me and with Mama's Pearls. I did want to ask you a question as to, um, because, you know, I, I do a lot of work also as far as the tween market, as far as entertainment goes. Like I mentioned, you know, tomorrow on the show we're having um, author and filmmaker Eric De La Barre, who wrote a tween novel, adventure novel actually, called Saltwater Taffy. You know, who are your role models? Um, my mom's my role model. And aside uh, my, from your mom. What? And it's not aside from your mom. Oh, um, I don't know. Um, I don't think anyone could compare to her. Wow, you're awesome. Adam? <laughs> um, I think my dad and my mom are my role models. Except I think that you can also try to learn from everyone who you meet. Try to, like, speak to them and learn about them and learn from them. Naya? Well, I I think think my grandma, because she was just, like, different and, like, did things differently. She was, like, really artistic and, like, different. And what is the best advice that your mom has given you? Danny? Um, I don't know. It's really hard because she gives me great advice every day. Um, I guess it's, um, like, be yourself, um, which is, like, a good person, and help others and make a difference. Adam? Um. I've learned a lot from my dad um, every day when he uh, he takes me to school. He um, he he does like he does this like this. He calls this message hotline, and they tell good advice every day. Like one of the recent ones was <laughs> um, that you should that like when you if you if there's something that you don't want to do, and you if you try it for 15 minutes. And and then you should then you'd probably keep on doing it. Like you shouldn't just never do it. You should always try it for a little bit. See if you like it. Just try. Give it a give it a try. My dad used to say, "Give it the old college try, Finn." 
that's awesome. Um, and I just want to note for the people who are listening live that we have about 30 seconds left on the on the show. Um, however, we're going to continue talking just to wrap up. So if you want to hear the end of the show, you'll need to go to the archive at Black Talk Radio. Talia, what's the best advice that, you're, that your mama has given you? Uh, well, I think the best advice that my mom has ever given me is to, like, stay true to yourself and to always be kind. I think it's amazing. I think for anybody who's listening today who might have had any qualms, hesitations, doubts, or fears about um, about the future generations and who we're turning over the reins to as we all get, get older, I, I hope that this this call and this show has put your fears to rest because them, you know, if your friends are anything like you guys, I think we're in all in very, very good hands. I am so pleased to meet all of you. I really want to just thank you guys for taking the time to share your experience with us, for bringing being brave and courageous enough to actually go out there um, and into in, really into the trenches of, of New Orleans and and Biloxi, Mississippi, and to do this to do this work um, as well as to bring it home and share it with us. So I really commend you all for doing it. I'm so thankful that that one to have met your moms and two to have had the privilege of speaking with you all today. Thank you so, so much for, for being with us on Mama's Pearls. Um, I really, I, I'm just, I'm really, I'm really honored. I really am honored. Um, and now, you guys, I know it's a school night. <laughs> but I know it's a school night, and you guys got to get, get off and ready for your, your next day. But, um, but thank you so, so much for, for being with me. Thank you. Um, I had a great experience, and I love sharing, and, yeah, so thank you. Thank you for just letting us be on our show and talk about what we experienced over that mission. It's amazing. It's truly, truly amazing. And I hope you um, go on other missions that you'll call back in or shoot me an email and we'll bring you back on the show to talk about it. I know I definitely want to talk to you guys when you get your driver's license. We'll see how that's going. <laughs> Yeah, you still <laughs> you still you still have some some time for them, but I definitely want to get your impressions when when you gain gain that next step of uh, of independence and freedom. Um, and Adam, pleasure, pleasure, pleasure having you on the show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, also. It was a pleasure for me to be on this show, and I loved sharing about my trip. It's amazing, and you know the more that you guys can share and and pass this information along, I think the better off we're all going to be. So thank you again, everyone who's listening. Thank you so much. If you wanted to listen to um, to this show again or any of the past shows, including the show with the moms, which was Mission Impossible, Mission is Possible, which was last week, you can go to the archives at www.blogtalkradio.com slash Mama's Pearls to read any of the blogs. You can visit our website, which is www.mamaspearls.com. If you want to reach these kids, you can shoot me an email, and I'll forward it on to their parents. My email address is Cynthia at mamaspearls.com. I'm also on Twitter, which is Cintweet, C-Y-N-T-W-E-E-T. Again, guys, thank you. Thank you all so, so very much. 
And this is Cynthia of Mama's Pearls. I want to thank you for listening. And I want to remind you to enjoy your children, enjoy your time, enjoy your family, say I love you, and remember that the easiest steps to take are those with grace and are those when you're walking hand-in-hand with your friends, hand-in-hand with your parents, and, and doing God's best work, which is that of service. We'll see you tomorrow again. We have a, a tween week here on Mama's Pearls. Our next show is tomorrow with author Eric De La Bar. We'll be talking about his book and adventure, Saltwater Taffy. Thank you all again. Thanks. Bye. Thank, Thank you. you. Bye. Bye, guys. Bye.